I mean, it would do a lot of damage to humans. Aftersmart Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. And today we're going to be talking about episode number 32, Megatron's Master Plan, part 2. Um, You, dear listener, may notice that something sounds a little off today, and that's because you've happened upon the first episode we've recorded since the whole coronavirus thing hit where we are. I mean, really hit where we are. So we are having to record separately, and you're going to hear some kind of wonky sound quality. We're doing the best we can, but um, yeah, this is this is kind of what we got to deal with right now. Uh, let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Sure, let's do that. <laughs> All right. Last time on the Transformers, a local municipal government kicked the Autobots off Earth, leaving the Decepticons completely unchallenged. Also, the Autobots are hurtling towards the sun. (laughs) So obviously, it's the perfect time for a parade. If you remember, last time, Megatron framed the Autobots for being the true villains, so the same city, Central City, is now having a parade for the Decepticons. Oh, it's Decepticon Day. Talk about an about face. (laughs) Yep. Considering that it, like, literally two days ago it was Autobot Day. Right? Like, just, is is every day a holiday in Central City? <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> <sighs> so, the Decepticons are marching down the middle of the street, which, well, is more um, interesting than what the Autobots were doing. Yeah, at least they're in robot mode. I mean, mostly because having a jet fly through the street would be strange, but not more strange than a gun flying through the streets. <laughs> Starscream asks Megatron effectively, why are we doing this? Megatron says he has his reasons. And those reasons are ego-stroking. Megatron just needs more positive affirmation in his life specs. (laughs) (sighs) He wants everyone to suck up to him. Pretty much, yeah. (sighs) Sparkplug and Chip wonder how the public bought this grade-A bullshit, but they say Spike is still looking for answers. So does this mean Spike's been missing for, like, two days straight? Like, has he been under that arena for two days straight? Spike, boy detective. <laughs> no one questions where the hell he goes. No one. And speaking of Spike, we see him in the video control room from last time, where he is watching an entirely different clip of the fake Optimus Prime being revealed to Starscream than he was watching previously. So, in the last episode, it was a clip of Starscream taking off the Optimus head in front of the oil field that was in the last episode. But here, it's instead a clip where he's standing in the middle of a city, takes off the Optimus head, and the rest of the Optimus costume just sort of crumbles around him. Well, that costume really wasn't very well made. It had a lot of use, okay? It held up perfectly fine for the past two years. With daily use. (laughs) Uh, uh, they've been getting the cosplay on. Probably. I mean, we already know that Starscream can do a spot-on Optimus impression if last episode's any indication, let's be honest. Yep. Ravage attacks and Spike defends himself with a chair, but like, kind of badly. <laughs> then he knocks over the lone like shelf of videotapes on top of Ravage and runs off, and that's how he gets away. <laughs> Yep. 
Uh, so then we cut to a gym where the Decepticons have apparently been invited to prom. Of course. We see Rumble, Soundwave, Ravage, and Laserbeak are all on the dance floor. And I have to ask, did Ravage decide to let Spike go so he could go to this dance? Also, he is extra cute here. Just adorable. I don't know. I guess at some point Ravage was just like, screw this bullshit. <laughs> screw this. I'm not chasing this kid halfway through the city when I can go get tiny finger foods in a gym. <laughs> One lone brave dumbass walks up to Laserbeak and says, Laserbeak, want a cracker? And it's like, oh, this man's cruising for a bruising. And then we just get this close-up of Laserbeak's eyes glowing before we cut to the Autobots. So that, that was definitely the equivalent of he looks at the camera like he's in the office, right? Mm-hmm. And in space, Cosmos is leading the Autobot ship away from Earth. Cosmos! My baby! <laughs> The Autobots make their displeasure at being kicked off Earth known to Optimus Prime. Ironhide's pissed. Cliffjumper jumps off some cliffs. You know, some metaphorical ones. Optimus tries to turn the ship around, but uh, pressing, you know, random buttons does absolutely nothing for him. Of course not. So then, Hound somehow triangulates their location with his shoulder-mounted cannon hollow form projector. Why didn't they just ask Cosmos? Cosmos must just be outside thinking, they must know, right? They must know they're headed towards the sun. <laughs> so the Autobots are headed toward the sun, and they are really upset about their imminent fiery death, and Prime tells Cosmos to get in contact with Teletran 1. Oh, poor Cosmos rotates so much in his alt mode. Do you think he gets dizzy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, obviously, Teletran 1 is not available right now for... Well, if you remember the last episode, very, very obvious reasons. <laughs> a fusion cannon full of reasons. <laughs> yep. And the bots start to heat up as they approach the sun. I have so many questions about how they're able to go so fast. <laughs> well, disregarding any train of logic, because we know what show we're watching, Cosmos transforms and enters the ship, pressing even more random buttons in an effort to get them to turn around. Then we cut to... The Decepticon Business Operations Center, or, you know, the Decepticon main base, where Megatron watches the screen showing the Autobot ship hurtling into the sun. Okay, apparently apparently Megatron has uh, cameras in space somehow. So... Or, God, maybe he just sent Astrotrain up there. <laughs> or Buzzsaw, maybe? Just out, up there taking footage? I mean, this, this has got to be perfectly shot, you know? It's going to be his gloating footage for the next century. Oh, next millennia. Definitely. <laughs> oh, and then Mr. Burger is there somehow, whining about getting his three cities, which seems, I don't know, three cities. Apparently he wants to rule three cities. <laughs> small price. Uh, a small price to pay for Earth. Uh, Megatron calls him pathetic, and quite frankly, I have to agree. Yeah. Megatron uh, counts down before the ship explodes. We then see the Decepticons leave their base because, and I quote, they have a press conference. Sandwave must have a very busy time managing their, you know, their schedule. Oh, that's this. not till Cyberversary becomes their social media guy. <laughs> yes, but who's managing the, who's managing their schedule now? Skywarp? Can you just imagine that? <laughs> you would be doing very badly. My brain actually went burger, obviously, is scheduling all this shit right now, but... I can find out. If, if, if one of the cons is doing it, it's definitely Soundwave. 
Mm-hmm. And in the mayor's office, Spike has... Spike's arrived at the mayor's office and is showing the mayor the video clip. To which the mayor calls it conclusive evidence. Wait, 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 God. wait. So this is like the same tape they gave Burger. The same tape they showed on TV, right? Did, did no one watch the entire tape at any point in this? Apparently not. Um... I don't know. It doesn't even look like they did any editing. Um, uh, You know, aside from them swapping between a city and an oil field at somewhere, some point during this video. (sighs) The mayor says, how could we have been so stupid? You said it, sir, not me. (laughs) And then we cut to a house that looks bigger on the inside than the out. No, no, really. The outside looks like a rundown farmhouse, but the inside looks, you know, kind of like a McMansion. <laughs> and then a little kid is complaining about not having any metal-colored crowns because he was trying to color a picture of Megatron. Um, the child was holding a gray crayon at this moment. Okay, but seriously, that was really freaking quick to have a Decepticon coloring book released. Burger obviously rushed it, rushed printed it. In 72 hours? Somehow. <laughs> Or less? I'm not even sure if it's been 72 hours. I might actually be overestimating that. At the press conference, Megatron reveals his true intentions towards Earth, and it is unsurprising. (laughs) And I quote, one of the reporters says, We've been had! Why did he decide to do this at a press conference? Megatron just craves the drama. All of the drama, apparently. Burger, at this very moment, realizes he's made a horrible, horrible mistake. And his own bodyguards turn against him and rush the stage. And considering his bodyguards are armed with, like, machine guns... Yeah. Starscream demonstrates, like, his finger zappy zapping the guards so they drop those guns. I mean, I have to give them credit. They definitely were better armed than the guys with handguns that keep trying to shoot at the Decepticons. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then Megatron says, the city is under martial law, and I'm the marshal. I'd like to order one Megatron cowboy hat stat. Oh god, a Megatron-sized cowboy hat. Oh my god, it would be completely ridiculous. I love it. (laughs) You could probably get one for your Megatron. I probably could. The question is, should I? (laughs) Or I'm imagining... I'm imagining getting one of those, like, Barbie ones, so it's completely the wrong color. (laughs) It's like, Megatron is now wearing a light pink cowboy hat. (laughs) Yes. Get get one with that, and then one in sort of gray or black that matches his... Oh, obviously it has to be black. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the Coneheads cause havoc in the city. Which Megatron dubs the city Megatronia 1. His naming scheme is basically the same one Alexander the Great used for cities he'd conquered or founded. Do you think it was as egotistical with Alexander the Great as it is here? Maybe. <laughs> we have no way of knowing. <laughs> yeah, and Berger waxes poetic about having seen the Autobots' death to Spike and company. Spike is in fact stupid enough to try and do something, and Soundwave sends Laserbeak and Ravage after him. Ravage goes tumbling into a pile of equipment, and Mr. Burger takes out Laserbeak with a mic stand. And not that Spike gets very far before uh, Megatron takes Sparkplug and Chip hostage. I will never not be amused by how they pick up Chip. (laughs) It's so adorable. And then, well, Decepticons being, you know, very predictable, put all the humans to work as slaves collecting energy. And then 
elsewhere in space. Oh, through quick thinking and inspired use of Trailbreaker's force field, Cosmos is towing all of the Autobots back to Earth. Wait, no, they're definitely heading back towards the sun. Because somehow Cosmos' autopilot is controlled by Teletran 1, which is, you know, not horrifying at all. No, not it's actually terribly horrifying. Right, like, let's just let's just override the free will of our one spaceship thought. This is fine. Mm-hmm. And then Chip manages to escape from the factory where they're all being held. And when Spike stages a distraction so he can get out, basically. Spike does this by pushing a cart full of energon cubes at Rumble. And then yells at Chip to roll. Maybe keep your mouth shut, not draw attention to your friend trying to escape, dude. Yeah, they really should have, you know, talked this out beforehand instead of <laughs> madcap decisions. Spike, talk things out, plan things. Does he even know how to do that? Maybe not. <laughs> Soundwave sees Chip escape, but Megatron's like, he's harmless. Regardless, um, he sends Thrust out to retrieve him. And Chip is able to escape in the back of a cargo truck and is able to reach Teletran 1. Thrust, uh, um, thrusts his way into a mountain and proceeds to get to Chip, and honestly, that is kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's all you needed to do to get into the Autobot base was just send Thrust in. <laughs> like, he literally goes through the mountain. He doesn't use the goddamn door. He doesn't use the goddamn door. He, like, comes from above. Yes. Like, it's, it looks like he went straight through the mountain. Like, not through the side, straight freaking down a mountain. Yeah. So obviously Chip is upset when Thrust destroys Teletran, but this is ultimately what frees up Cosmos' navigation. Thrust recaptures Chip, so... Back to the Chip factory is. we go! <laughs> yeah. And the Air Force finally shows up at the factory, and then Megatron goes to order Starscream to attack them, but Starscream interrupts him, says he anticipated Megatron's order, or order, and then he leaves by way of busting out the ceiling. Because no one can use a fucking door in this episode. <laughs> no, they can't. The other jets, including Blitzwing, take to the air and fight the Air Force. I don't remember, um... Astrotrain being in this, so maybe Astrotrain was the one taking the video. <laughs> maybe, maybe he can fly through space. This is a fair statement. Or maybe it was, you know, both Astrotrain and Buzzsaw, so they could get different <laughs> angles. <laughs> yes, obviously Megatron needs multiple angles of his totally erotic frenemy's death. Yes, yes, yes. This is exactly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... Buzzsaw needs a ride back. So he can fly perfectly fine, but that might be a bit of a, a, bit of a long rip. distance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the cons threaten to destroy the entire city if the Air Force comes back, but immediately afterwards, the Autobots show up. Megatron hears them, blast through the wall, and then runs outside. <laughs> no one can use a damn door. I mean, do they ever really use doors very well anyway? <laughs> Well, when they have to exit, the, when the Decepticons have to exit their ship, yes, because if they Water don't, get in. <laughs> yeah, Megs is super upset because he saw the Autobots explode. Damn it! Of course, you know a fight breaks out, and you know after the firefight, Megatron orders a retreat, and then the mayor apologizes, as does Burger, who offers to disband his private army. Oh my god, he even calls it his private army. Yeah, Burger, you should be charged. Yeah, he really should. Sparkplug tells him 
that uh, his private army already quit when they found out what a dog's lunch he was. That's a new insult or a really old one I have never heard of. It's British? It means a clusterfuck, maybe? Or... Sparkplug, most interesting man in the world. I don't know. I mean, if it's based off of, like, dog's dinner or something, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I think we looked it up. Like, we tried to look up where it was from, and we came to British and clusterfuck, apparently. Yeah. So Optimus tells Burger he's gonna stand trial for his sins. Presumably they won't be shooting him into the sun if he loses. And then the Autobots head home with their squishies in tow. So join us next time for episode 33, Auto Berserk. Red Alert gets bonked on the head and is suddenly paranoid about everyone and everything, except Starscream. Who is the worst person to not be paranoid about. Exactly. (laughs) That is exactly. Alright, we have two of my wildcard picks for tonight. The first of which is Not the Yuck by Lady Dragon 76 It is based in the IDW continuity. It is G, it is Jen, there are no pairings. Our characters are Bob, Megatron, and Sunstreaker. And if you haven't read the IDW comics, Bob is an Insecticon who basically is kind of Sunstreaker's pet. Uh, In summary, Bob must help Megatron, and this is a one-shot. Nice, it sounds good. It's very cute. It's short, but it's very cute. Um, honestly, Bob needs to be in more fanfics, in my humble opinion. He's adorable. But what he's, do I know? <laughs> he's like Sunstreaker's service service animal. Service bug. Service bug. Yeah, he's such a cute little bug. He's probably as big as my car. But I could totally call him little if I want to. <laughs> I think bigger than your car. Probably. Probably, considering what we're talking about. And then our second pick is Forgetful But Not Forgotten by She-Tiger. It is IDW, G, Jen, no pairings. Our characters are Rung, Sincere. Is that how we say his name? I I guess it's as good as anything, because I tend to think of it as Sincere. Okay, we have one of those two names, but that guy. Uh, Red Alert, Ultra Magnus, Rodimus, Primus, and Mortalis. So, in summary, what if the remaining four members of the Guiding Hand were able to absorb Adaptus's blast before it hit the rest of the planet, but rather than everyone forgetting who they were, they were the ones who forgot their true identities. Epistemus has a body in this AU, and then this is a one-shot. And then our fan artist for today is Pirate Cashew. They have some very lovely work, and today we've linked to an assortment of different Transformers busts, and a comic called Grimlock Goes to the Store, which is every bit as delightful as you're imagining. I remember that. That one was fun. <laughs> I know, right? It's adorable. But honestly, I love I love Grimlock. <laughs> the IDW comics is pretty great. Uh, speaking of Sincere, or whatever the, however the hell we pronounce his name, um, there's fan art of him <laughs> as well. So Actually, I pulled, I pulled up a, a thing. It's um, the pronunciation of it. Oh, okay. What is it? Sensora. Huh. That is not what I would have landed on, but that guy. And then, At uh, least that's what it is in Latin, I guess. Eh, uh, that would make sense. A lot of their names do have Latin roots. And then there's some more busts that include a Perceptor and Pharma. Uh, yeah, I Pharma's feel like... not the main attraction here for me, but... <laughs> I like their Misfire. Misfire's pretty great. I'm sad. I know he pops up at, like, the tail end of G1, and I'm like... So used to him actually having a character in the comic. (sighs) 
so sad. <laughs> and that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcast, such as AO3, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr or YouTube. Till next time, and Specs. And I'm Els. Toodles.